Hello, I'm Matt, and this is Ghostthropology. Ghostthropology presents discussion of ghost stories and beliefs, and how we share ghost folklore, and importantly, how belief in the supernatural reflects who we are. While I don't know when or where or how you are listening, I hope it's dark outside, as that is the best time for ghost stories. Episode 43, The Madeira Man. On the roads east of Madeira, California, women driving at night have reported something unnerving. As they drive, a man dressed in jeans and a hooded sweatshirt suddenly appears before them, standing on the divider line in the middle of the road. The driver must slam on their brakes or swerve to ensure that they do not hit the man with their car. As they pass, the man seems to take no notice of the vehicle or the near miss. On looking back, whether out the window or through the rearview mirror, the man cannot be seen, though this is often reported to be because of dense fog. Whether or not the fog is supernatural is unknown, as dense fog is common in this area from the late fall through the early spring. It would be tempting to pass this off as a prank or someone engaged in dangerous behavior, except that multiple people have sighted the same figure numerous times over the past 12 years, and it is always a woman driving who sees him, never a man. In fact, if there is a man in the vehicle, he appears unable to see this strange apparition. Many women have refused to drive these roads at night again, choosing instead to drive down into Fresno and then back north on Highway 41, or vice versa, rather than drive the east-west roads where they encountered this strange hooded man. Perhaps someday we'll know who he is, but for now, the Madeira man remains an eerie mystery. Commentary So two things grabbed my attention about this story the first time I heard it. The first is that the story is set, depending on which telling you accept, either on Road 18 or Road 15, or possibly Road 18 and a half, in Madeira, which is a 15-minute drive from my house. So, eh, local story. I dig that. I even drove out to the location to check it out and recorded a short video of my visit. The other aspect that grabbed my attention is that this was described in the sources I found as a variation of a vanishing hitchhiker story. I get the reason why. It's a ghost that is seen at night, on a road, and is observed by motorists. So, yeah, I see where you'd go to the Vanishing Hitchhiker, but the structure and elements of the story really are very different. In fact, I think that we might be able to see something interesting by contrasting this with the Vanishing Hitchhiker story, so let's get into that a bit. For starters, let's talk about the Vanishing Hitchhiker story and compare it to the story of the Madeira Man ghost. While there are many variations on the Vanishing Hitchhiker, folklorist Harold Jan Brunvard demonstrated that there are certain structural elements that consistently appear. Someone, usually a man, but sometimes a woman or a couple, is driving down a road when they see someone, usually a young woman, but occasionally a child of either gender. The figure on the side of the road is either actively trying to flag a ride or else walking down the road in conditions that seem unsafe because of weather, road conditions, or even just the time of night. The driver stops and offers the pedestrian a ride, which they accept. The hitchhiker provides an address and the driver takes them to that address only to find that the hitchhiker is vanished from the car. 
Something about the destination clarifies who the passenger was. It may be that the residents of the house are the parents of the hitchhiker and tell the driver who the mysterious hitchhiker was. It may be that the destination is a cemetery and the driver finds something taken from the car, usually the driver's coat, on a tombstone that bears a name and a birth and death date that indicate an age consistent with the mysterious passenger. There are variations, of course. Sometimes the hitchhiker approaches the driver outside of the car, at a party, a bar, a dance, or some other such place, and asks for a ride. Sometimes, as in the case of Chicago's Resurrection Mary, a story that I need to cover at some point, the exact identity of the spirit may never be determined, but it is narrowed down by her appearance and clothes which indicate an age and a rough period of history to which she belongs. Also, the ghost always wants to go somewhere specific, usually somewhere that provides some clue as to who the ghost was in life. The hitchhiker is on a futile but endless quest to get to a destination that it never quite arrives at, weirdly reminiscent of the famous maritime ghost story of the Flying Dutchman. Let's compare that to the Madeira Man story. The figure is wearing a sweatshirt with a hood and blue jeans. Now, in another few decades, that might mark the ghost as unusual or dressed in an antiquated fashion. But when the story first appeared in 2010, this was fairly normal, mundane clothing. In fact, it is a typical outfit even today, and has been for at least 30 years, if not a bit longer. Lots of people dress like this. Hell, even I dress like this when the weather cools off and I'm a middle-aged curmudgeon who tells kids to get off his lawn. Or I would if I hadn't taken out my lawn and replaced it with a mulched flower bed. So, now I tell kids to get off my flower bed. Anyway, the clothes provide no real information as to the ghost's identity, other than that it appears to be a man. Some witnesses say that the man is Caucasian, but even that is open to question, as the hood would obscure some features, and it can be trickier to identify somebody's ethnicity by seeing only a part of their face than you might think. To make matters worse in terms of identification, one of the reports that stated that he was Caucasian also stated that the witness could not see his face, which does beg the question of how she knew he was Caucasian. Regardless, the Madeira ghost is pretty thoroughly anonymized, as opposed to the specific identity or hints at identity in a classic vanishing hitchhiker story. One could even question whether or not the ghost is male, given how anonymous he appears to be and how the clothes could conceal his identity. But the insistence that he is male is one of the fixed points of this story. His gender is consistently and unambiguously stated. Another point of differentiation from the Vanishing Hitchhiker story is that the ghost doesn't have a clear destination. It appears in front of the car and then vanishes as the driver passes by, having narrowly avoided hitting him. There is no attempt to join the driver, no communication with the driver, and no destination or help request. It's not an interaction so much as an unnerving event. Then there is the content of the experience with the ghost. The vanishing hitchhiker makes the driver witness to aspects of the ghost's life and afterlife, where they lived, hints as to how they died, the time period that they belonged to, and so on. But their death is never shown. By contrast, this ghost appearing in the road and being either passed through or nearly hit while remaining anonymous tells us nothing about his life or afterlife, but does suggest a possible sudden death in an automobile collision. So... It is an inversion of the Vanishing Hitchhiker story rather than a repackaging of it. A smaller but still noteworthy difference from the Vanishing Hitchhiker story is that, while the driver in most Vanishing Hitchhiker stories is a man, it consistently seems to be women who spot this particular phantom. 
Michael Price of the Weird Fresno blog has collected multiple instances of people encountering this figure on the roads near Madeira and has said that in each of the cases, the driver was a woman, and if there was a man in the car, he didn't see the ghost. Now, again, not all vanishing hitchhiker stories involve a man driving rather than a woman, but most do. So this is an interesting difference to note. In some ways, the story doesn't invoke the vanishing hitchhiker so much as other roadway phantoms, such as the ghosts of Roman soldiers spotted along roads in England, which I discussed in episode 39. Like those ghosts, this ghost seems oblivious to the car and doesn't seem to react. It's as if it's not existing in the same time or space as the car. It is simply a recording of someone who had once been on this road. The ghost never seems to actually acknowledge the car or its driver. The ghost seems to simply be there, in ignorance of the world around it. This seems very much like common stories of ghosts who repeat the same action, as if they are a recording being played or a reenactment being, well, reenacted. Except, in this case, there is no action. The ghost is simply standing there. Now, tales of ghosts who are essentially neutral, with no motion and no reaction, are also pretty common. A spirit will appear, be standing still in a room, and vanish. This seems similar to those types, but most cases that I know of like that are in houses or hotels or other essentially domestic spaces, not on roads. And of course, there is the fact that the man seems to appear out of nowhere just as a car gets close enough to hit him, forcing the driver to swerve or take other actions. In this sense, the ghost seems akin to tales of other creatures and ghosts who seem to be charging at the vehicle and trying to force a collision. I suspect that this type of ghost story is probably not unusual, though I could find very few examples in my initial search. In researching this episode, I found a similar creepy tale on Highway 87 in Montana, where a ghost appears just in time for you to hit it, and then fades away. I also found a prank shown on a video from Rhodes.dg of what appears to be a cardboard cutout with an image of a woman in what appears to be a short white dress or a hospital gown just kind of standing there in the middle of the road, which looks pretty damn creepy. I didn't find other stories of this type, but I will be on the lookout for them going forward. This story invokes the fear of doing harm while driving, though it's easy to notice those who seem absolutely unconcerned with whether or not their driving habits injure or kill someone. The fact is that most drivers are frightened by the possibility of hitting a pedestrian. Most of us manage to push this worry to the back of our heads as we become accustomed to driving and learn where we usually will and won't encounter pedestrians. However, as every driver knows, sometimes you find a pedestrian precisely where you didn't expect to see them, and that can be a frightening experience as you work to avoid hitting them. The notion of a person appearing suddenly in front of a car as you are driving at high speed is a nightmare scenario. While it seems significant that this specter is said to appear only to women, I don't know what to make of that. There is no clear reason why only women would have the sudden fear that they may have hit someone with their car. While it is tempting to read this as a case where women may feel more likely to be harmed by male strangers, the fact that the stranger is actually in the vulnerable position while the woman is in a large steel vehicle turns this around, but does so in a way where the woman is still frightened but this time having done harm rather than of potentially having harm done to her. The meaning or significance of this is unclear, though my good lady wife slash producer did have some rather good ideas. First off, it could feel like a trap. A predatory man could prey on women in a lot of ways, 
and pretending to be at risk or in need of her help would be a way to make oneself appear harmless. Add in the implication that she almost hit him, and that could add to the feeling of needing to atone, which could put her in a vulnerable position. While the ghost vanishes before it can get into the car or tempt the driver out of the car, it still feeds on the sense of vulnerability and potentially guilt. Only women see it, and they identify it as a man. That can't be coincidence. I first became aware of this story through a video by the Canadian YouTuber Beyond Creepy, and I then discovered that the story had been covered by the Weird Fresno blog and appeared to be in a smattering of other places on the internet. That it ended up on Beyond Creepy's channel is interesting, as all other mentions of the story seem to be on sites that are either based out of the Fresno Madeira area, or else are ghost story aggregation websites that have sections for Madeira-specific stories. This appears to be a relatively new story, with the earliest sighting reported as 2010, which makes this an internet-aged ghost story. The places where I found it online appear to show the story morphing and being clarified in real time as participants provide input. So that's rather interesting. That said, the changes seem to be aimed at clarification of points, how he is dressed, which road or roads he happens to appear on, and so on, rather than expansion of the story. This makes the story an interesting counterpoint to Slenderman, as discussed in episode 42. Whereas Slenderman's story gained a good deal of traction and spread quickly, the Madeira Man appears to be staying put. Again, the only non-local source I have found is one Canadian YouTube channel. Similarly, while the Slenderman story became more complex and ornate, again, see episode 42 for more on that, this story has remained largely unchanged. The specific location gets altered, as does whether the ghost simply vanishes or disappears in the fog, but otherwise the tellings are largely interchangeable. Similarly, while the Slender Man became part of a larger creepypasta mythology with connections to other creepypasta fixtures, Madeira Man remains an isolated story with no connection to anything else. Both are internet ghost stories, and both appear in forums where people can change details if they so wish. The Ghosts of America website even allows users to enter details, and the comments section on Beyond Creepy's channel has locals discussing this tale. But nonetheless, the Madeira Man remains somewhat constrained, while the Slender Man, and many other creations like him, proliferate. This begs the question of why. I think that it comes down to the nature of these stories. Creepypasta creatures, as denizens of websites where expansion of stories and collaboration is encouraged, beg for elaboration. In addition, the many creepypasta tales, including the Slender Man, but also creatures such as the Rake, have a quality to them that the folklorists and anthropologists refer to as folkloresque. That is, they are built from elements of folklore and pop culture in a manner that makes them feel like they have been around forever. Also, the stories are elaborated on for a creepypasta audience who knows that these stories are fiction and takes part in a general play acting regarding them. And importantly, the elaborations themselves are not taken seriously, as there is no core mythology, just some basic elements that make the creature what it is. The Madeira Man is a strong contrast to this sort of story as it does not have the look or the feel of old folklore, and it does not contain any elements that connect it with traditions generally recognized as folklore, though arguably the ghosts along the road is a part of U.S. folklore. It also doesn't contain any specific ambiguities that invite further invention. Its unanswered questions, such as the identity of the hooded man in the sweatshirt, are simple dead ends. 
Instead, it is a very stripped-down story, presented in each case as a very matter-of-fact thing, suggesting eyewitness testimony rather than a campfire tale. This form of presentation suggests that one is to either repeat as-is or else supplement it with similar stories also presented as eyewitness testimony. It could be that the original woman, and maybe others who have written about this ghost, really did experience something. Whether it was something spooky or simply someone behaving dangerously on a foggy night out in the country roads near Madeira. But while this story contrasts with creepypasta and seeming less like a fairy tale than something resembling a statement to law enforcement, what it shares is that its home is the internet, specifically on forums that encourage people to share stories that may not be strictly true or at least not completely accurate retellings. While the format and nature of the story may discourage wild invention, it does encourage more constrained invention. And so it is difficult to know if the original story or any subsequent stories tell of a genuine weird encounter on a nighttime road, or if they were created to entertain readers and, perhaps, to see if the story could become a local fixture. If the story was intended to simply add local color, well, it succeeded. I genuinely hope that this story has a long life on the internet and beyond for quite a while to come. Who knows, if it sticks around long enough, the hoodie and blue jeans may become anachronistic and the ghost will become an image of the past rather than an anonymous figure from the present. If you have a weird tale, have had a strange experience of your own, or know of a bit of local lore that should get a wider audience, please feel free to contact me at ghostthropology at gmail.com. That's G-H-O-S-T-H-R-O-P-O-L-O-G-Y at gmail. You can find more at kmmamedia.com. Click on the Ghostthropology link and you can find episodes, transcripts, sources, and a link to support us through Patreon. Spooky. <laughs>